The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Lord, be on my mind, be on my lips, and in my heart. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our dwelling in them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you I am going away and I will come back to you. You loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to my Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. As was the case last Sunday, we are hearing from Jesus' discourse at the Last Supper, called his Farewell Discourse, and he's giving instructions to the apostles about how they are to behave after he leaves the Ascension and what should guide the early church. The early church, we hear beautiful and action-packed history of the early church in the first reading and the entire book of the Acts of the Apostles. Some people say the Acts of the Apostles should be entitled Acts of the Holy Spirit, guiding the early church. And today in chapter 15 of the Acts of the Apostles, you see an important chapter. There was a problem that developed. It's not the first time that happened. <laughs> And the whole church gathered together to discern what the Holy Spirit was saying, what they should do in this particular situation. This is known as the Council of Jerusalem. It's the first council of the church. Today, the church over the years has continued to have councils where the bishops get together and the elders, and talk about and try to discern what God is saying to his church. And the name of that teaching branch of the church is the Magisterium. And over the years, there's been 21 councils. And the first seven councils 
when Christianity was legal, was called by the Roman Empire and established a lot of the doctrines of the church that we have today, back in the days when there really was one Catholic universal church. Since then, we've had divisions. But these teachings are the most authoritative teachings of the church. And the readings today remind us that God continues to work through the church to help us understand God's will. Now, I've heard it said as I talk to people, oh, the church expects us to believe everything it teaches. And I'm supposed to shut off my mind and believe blindly. But that is not the teaching of the church, and that is not the purpose for articulating the doctrine that the Catholic Church does so extensively. The church teaches that we all have a conscience, and that above all things, we are obligated to follow our conscience. Because our conscience is telling us what's true, what's good, and what's right. And that must always be our motive. And so if we truly believe something is true, good, and right, it is a violation of our own person not to follow that. We must follow our conscience. And a church further teaches that no one has the right to tell you what to do. It's a God-given privilege, our freedom, one of the most sacred not even the church. And so, what's the role of church teaching? Well, the church will remind us that even though we all have a conscience, we all have a responsibility to form our conscience. Unlike what many people think, the conscience is not totally God-given. It's developed and it's influenced by our world many things we hear, but it's also supposed to be influenced by everything available so that we may discern what's good and right. And so the church teachings that each of us will be held responsible in front of God before our conscience, and whether it's rightly or wrongly formed due to our ignorance or our culpability, but in the role of forming our conscience, the authoritative teaching of the magisterium should be considered with gravity. A word that's used is religious submission of the will. It doesn't mean that we turn off our mind, but it means that we truly try to consider what the church teaches, recognizing that there's a lot of history, taking the effort sometimes to try to understand those positions, and then in prayer to try to allow that to shape our conscience. But there's more, and this is truly the most important part. In that first reading, when we heard the letter read, 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 read by the First Council of Jerusalem, it started out saying, it is the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us. God has given us the Holy Spirit. That's what the gospel is talking about. Jesus is saying that I'm going to go to the Father and the Father is going to send in my name another advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who will teach you and guide you to all truth. 
The Holy Spirit, as you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit leads us to the truth and reveals to us the truth. I'm going to get my Bible, and we're going to reread a little bit of that chapter 14, my favorite chapter in John. They're all my favorite, though. Because there are some other beautiful passages in chapter 14. Just one verse before, Jesus says, Whoever holds to my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father. And I shall love them and reveal myself to them. verse we did here. Anyone who loves me will keep my word and my Father will love them and we shall come to them and make our home in them. God has given us the Holy Spirit and to discern the truth is not simply a human endeavor. It is a work also of everything God gave us and our natural abilities and all the experts and all our experience but also the Holy Spirit. And the way the Holy Spirit works for me in my life is when I'm reading Scripture, sometimes I'm just reading words. But sometimes the Holy Spirit allows me to recognize the truth of those words. It's a supernatural insight. And Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, I will reveal myself to you. That's key, right? We must act first in faith. God respects our freedom. And if we stand as an outsider and try to say, prove it to me, it's hard to find the truth. Jesus is inviting us to take that first step, to use our free will to say, I want to try to find the truth. This has been handed down. Let me see. And Holy Spirit, if it's true, help me to see then the reality of that truth. It's a difficult process, but that's what it means to submit to the teachings of the church with a religious authority, to look for the Holy Spirit, to consider and try and allow them to come to life and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to us. Here's something else I hear a lot. And I know there's young people here, and I know there's older people, and so I'm talking to all of us. I oftentimes hear parents say, oh, my child, my son or my daughter went to church all the time, but then they went away to college and they took a theology class, or even if they didn't, and now they don't go to church anymore. It's not true of all people who go to college. There are colleges who do quite a good job of teaching the faith. But here is what I do want to say about that dynamic. If I go to any one source and get immersed in it day in and day out, eventually I'm going to start believing that that's the truth. All of us, no matter what field, but especially religion, we got to see the other sides and we got to pursue that. And so whenever and however articulate the teachings against the church's teachings might be, we need to also learn the church's teachings and to try to discern the truth. 
but there's still more. I muse on this. Yeah, if you go away to an institution or even in the world that tries to teach none of this stuff is true and it's just an authority trying to teach us and have control over us, we're going to believe that. But I wonder, and this has been my experience, if someone came to church every single day and ministered to people who are struggling in the faith to find God and follow God's commandments, I bet you a higher percentage of those would believe in God. For, in my life, I was a scientist, engineer actually, but struggled tremendously. But from away from the church, you hear so many things, and it just seems like hard to believe stuff. But once you are involved in the church, and you see miracles, prayers answered, people being healed, deathbed or after death coming back to life, to see exorcisms, to see angels, to experience spiritual effects, to hear testimonies of apparitions of Jesus and Mary, saints. One of the churches I was in, we regularly have asparagus after the masses or after our Marian devotions, which is a sign of Mary. There's been so many examples and proofs of God's existence. And when you encounter those types of things and then look at the teachings of the church and the scriptures, it's a lot different. That's what it means to have religious submission of the will, is to try to discern God's will through the context, really, of his teachings in church, and taking a step of faith. In conclusion... The pronouncement of this first Jerusalem council sounds strange to us, doesn't it? It says, we don't want to put any burdens on you like circumcision, only the essentials to not eat meat, sacrifice to idols, to not consume blood, to not uh, eat animals that were strangled and illicit marriage. What those pronouncements are about is that, that that's some of the basic difference between Jew and Gentiles when they come to table. The pastors of the church thought it was important that all people should worship together. And that together with these minimum requirements, the Eucharist could be celebrated because we need the Eucharist. We need the scriptures. We need the church. These are the ways God reveals and gives us the Holy Spirit. And we may struggle. We may not totally understand or believe all the teachings or all the things that's revealed. But God wants us in the community of other believers by the power of the Holy Spirit to submit and to ask, Lord, if this is really true, I want you to obey, to believe. Reveal it to me. And if it's true, and if it comes from you, I have no choice but to follow because I love you. And so let us recognize we do struggle, all of us, discerning the Holy Spirit. God gave us a lot of intelligence and we're called to use it. But also God reveals himself and his will to us through our experiences and through our community and through our sacraments 
and Scripture. And so let us be open to that Holy Spirit to lead us to all truth.